Welcome to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. This is your host, Big Jason. I'm discussing all things email marketing and answering your questions based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork. Welcome to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. This is Big Jason. I'm discussing all things email based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork. Everyone, Big Jason here. It's the second episode of the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. Uh, we're going to be discussing the best and worst of email marketing 2013. Um, I have a little bit of insight. Um, I actually sent over 500 emails. Actually, I meant to say 500 million emails in 2013 in multiple different niches, golf, supplements, health, um, internet marketing, make money online. So I'm going to be talking about what I saw from not only my emails, but other people, people's emails as well. So stay tuned. And again, the Q&A feature is enabled, so feel free to ask questions. I'll be monitoring them. You can ask about what I'm talking about or anything regarding email marketing. So feel free. All right. So let's talk about the worst things in email marketing in 2013. All right. So single narrow column emails still suck. Um, there's a lot, uh, long ago, a myth was perpetuated that you should write emails like a newspaper. The only problem with it, that, the single narrow columns, is that's, that's the front of the newspaper. When you open up the actual article, it's not really one single column. And you never want to use that much white space as well. Um, some people say it's easier to read, but just as many people say it's harder to read. Uh, the one thing I know for sure that it's not natural. 99% of people that I talk to, I ask to go into their personal inbox and look at their personal email conversations with people. And I asked them, I said, who is writing in a single narrow column? And 99% of the time, it's no one. You know, no one is writing normally or naturally in a single narrow column. And I've actually tested it. The difference in response is not that much. Um, but again, it's in my opinion, it's not natural. Um, it's not actually like a newspaper, like uh, the people that were perpetuating that myth a long time ago. So my recommendation is to do a wide fluid width so that it adapts to whether it's a desktop or a mobile phone. We're going to be talking about mobile phones in just a second as well. Um, because the next worst thing is and it has to do with sometimes using narrow columns is your emails look crap on my iPhone. And part of that reason is people are still doing the narrow columns. So when you get on the iPhone or the Android or the Windows phone, the way that they break up the short narrow columns, it makes it look like absolute crap. It's harder to read. So you definitely want to go with mobile optimized emails. And we'll talk about that a little bit more about the best of 2013. All right, stop, you, stop abusing Gary Halbert's advice about short words and paragraphs. It's good advice. You want to use shorter words, shorter paragraphs. That doesn't mean you cannot have a long paragraph once in a while. It cannot, doesn't mean you can't have a longer word. It all depends. The key is to write conversationally and naturally. I mean, people are abusing it so much, they're using one-word sentences over and over again like, that was so amazing. 
with each word on one line. That's not natural. It's not conversational. Um, it's my opinion, but uh, I think that's going way overboard on keeping words and paragraphs uh, short. And just think about one of the top email campaigns of all time was Obama's 2012 uh, email re-election campaign, and his paragraphs were extremely long, but they're also very conversational, natural. Um, it's it, they're basically read like how you would talk. So yes, as a general rule, try to keep your words short. Don't use $10 words when a $2 word will suffice. And don't have a paragraph uh, in most cases that you know is 20 lines deep. Break them up. Have a longer paragraph, shorter paragraph, a few word sentence or paragraph. But just don't go overboard, especially with this. That is so awesome. All right. Let me check to see if there's any questions yet. All right, cool. All right, next, uh, don't be a douchebag to be a douchebag. If you want to be polarizing and express your strong opinions to your list, um, as long as it's natural, go ahead. But I see a strong trend of people just trying to shock their viewers, and whether it's cursing or uh, using disgusting phrases, uh, quoting very controversial statements just to shock their viewers, and I, what I see is the responses. If someone unsubscribes, so what? Then you really, they probably are not your prospect. You don't want to work with them. Actually, the answer might be maybe they don't, they don't want to work with a jackass like yourself for being a douche. So again, be yourself, be polarizing, um, have strong opinions, but don't force it. Be natural. All right, blind curiosity is getting old. I see this all the time. But my tests, tests from Mech Labs, they keep on over and over showing that specificity and strong benefit-driven uh, subject lines are the king today. Everyone keeps using blind curiosity, trying to trick their subscribers that it's a personal message. When you have a list of subscribers that are on your list for a specific reason or specific reasons, so my best emails are specific, extremely benefit-driven, like huge, like almost outrageous benefit to them. They get the best results. And I see it time and time again with other people testing it, the same thing. So stop trying to trick people. Stop trying to be so vague that your emails are not standing out. It's just one other piece of crap in their inbox that they're going to ignore because there's really no reason why. Stop being so arrogant to think that, oh, you're so cool. You're using a psychological tactic that they just can't resist opening up your email, even though they don't know why they should out of all those other emails in the inboxes. So test it for yourself. Um, you know, blind curiosity versus specific benefit-driven emails, or even specificity with curiosity. But a lot of people are still harping on, you gotta be blind, short, pretend like it's personal. Benefit is the way to go, in my opinion, based on testing, of course. All right, smoke and mirrors with metrics. Okay, 
So, I mean, unless it's a pure content email, you're just driving people to content or you're teaching in the email, uh, you're just giving them an update, the real metric is how much money does that email make? You see people all the time raving about, oh, I got a 55% open rate, but then it'll tell you how big was that segment. That could have been a segment of 100 people. With a really small target list, yes, you're gonna have a bigger open rate. So you really wanna know the facts behind those metrics. Or they'll do extremely high click-through rate. Again, it's gonna be a lot of times a small targeted segment of a list or just a small targeted list, which is obviously gonna get a much higher click-through rate or open rate. And regarding blind curiosity, I find it interesting that the Pied Pipers of Blind Curiosity, they always rave about their click-through rates. They never mention how much money the emails make. Why is that? Because they're trying to puff themselves up to make them seem impressive, but they don't have any real numbers to back it up. They don't have any revenue to back it up. So um, I don't buy it. The data doesn't show it. My tests don't show it. Let me see if there are any questions. No questions yet? All right. And if there's something up with the Q&A um, feature, go ahead and uh, send me an email with your question at bigjason at emaildominion.com, bigjason at emaildominion.com, and I'll pop into my inbox from time to time. All right, so let's get to the best of 2013 based on over 500 million emails sent in multiple different niches. All right, actually I already covered this specific benefit-driven subject lines rock. They 100% got me the either the most opens, highest open rate, or they didn't get me the highest open rate, but they got me the highest click-through rate. Because with the short, specific benefit-driven subject line, you might get less open sometimes, but they're gonna be more qualified opens. And that's, that's how you're gonna increase your click-through rate. And in many cases, increase your revenue as well. That's based on split tests. And I once saw a split test from a guy and he just tested it once, and then he was saying to do that. It was basically testimonials. Don't use testimonials in your emails because he did one split test. Well, as if you've been through MechLab's uh, split testing course, you'll know you can't just test something once. You gotta test it multiple times. And he said that he tested segments of 20,000. Well, a lot of my split tests are in segments of 100,000, so I have a lot more data and my tests don't show that. So you gotta be careful when you hear those things. All right, next, powerful free content still works. That's another thing that I keep on seeing is people are saying that stop teaching in your emails, uh, don't give, give away free content, don't go to give away content that's in your courses, but I actually have never golfed, never took a lesson, actually hated golf before I took on this client this year, and I ran their two biggest launches in their company's history. And what was the 
uh, bedrock of those launches, free content. Not just free content. When I talked to the actual product creator, that was my main thing. I was like, look, I know you give us some free content uh, you know, from time to time, but I want even better. I want the best free content you can give. You know how most of your free content is like a five minutes? No, I want a 10 minutes. I want more and more and more. More free, and the more powerful it is, the better. Now, these people that keep on saying that you shouldn't give away free content, you shouldn't teach in your emails, maybe it's not that free content or teaching emails doesn't work. Maybe it's that their teaching or their content sucks. You got to consider that possibility. Now, when you ask a question, sometimes I won't know. Sometimes it's going to be beyond the scope of this um, show. So if I don't answer one of your questions, continue asking away. Um, someone wanted to know an example of a uh, benefit-specific driven email. So let me go to my inbox right now. Okay, so an example is, say, from... What is the name of that company? Hold on one sec. Okay, I believe it was SendGrid. And I wanted to use this because it got my attention. And I had signed up for a list. I believe it was SendGrid or another email deliverability service. And it was how to get past the Postini filter. You know, like, what's Postini? Uh, that's a horrible subject line. It doesn't mean anything to me. Well, to me, it did. It hit a nerve. It's like, because I know about Postini. I know what a jackass of a uh, spam filter it is. So I was extremely interested in that subject line. Very specific, benefit-driven. How to get past the Postini filter. All right? That's one. Or three ways to increase your click-through rate as opposed to, hey, or can you help me with this? I'm not saying that's, not ba that's bad 100% of the time, but when you do that over and over again. Yes, when I do split tests, it's the autoresponder service. A lot of my split tests this year came through either GetResponse or uh, ExactTarget. All right, powerful calls to action rule. Uh, all my split tests... Again, it's basically like the specific benefit-driven subject lines, the specific benefit-driven calls to action. I see a lot of people, they actually have a pretty good email, and then they just drop the ball. They don't want to re reiterate the value proposition of the email or why they should click. They think they've done their job in the subject line and the body of the email, and they're just like, eh, here's the link. There you go. So definitely... Uh, specific benefit-driven reasons why they should click that link right as the link or right above the link uh, is definitely, I saw a huge improvement in click-through rate. All right, images are awesome in emails more than ever, especially as you've heard, uh, Gmail changed the default to the Gmail inbox where images are displayed by default. Now you don't have to get people in Gmail to turn images on. Now they still have the option to turn off that, but uh, there was actually no reason not to use images before, and now there's even less 
of bogus reasons that people can come up with. I'm sure they're going to come up with them just because people, you know, they they don't have success and they want to put their failures, their uh, inadequacies onto you. There's no reason why you can't be using images. Not just any images, but images specific to your value proposition for email, why they should be responding, you know, why they should be buying from you versus the rest of your competitors. Always have a specific reason why you're using images. Don't just willy-nilly throw images in there. Um, and now you have even more of a reason to use images because Gmail is one of the you know, most used email services. All right, knowing which emails and strategies actually work the best. There's this service that I discovered that actually will tell you how much money your emails make. You can actually tell if the images result in more click-throughs, more sales, regardless of whether you're using click tracking, and it's with Google Analytics. I know. So I was being a little sarcastic there. Google Analytics has been around for a while, and four or five years ago, today, it's the same. You can use it to actually track the results from your emails. So if you're using a um, affiliate tracking system like ClickBank or Post Affiliate Pro, you can actually put in sub-IDs and actually track revenue that way based on the email. So you can do more of what's working and less of what's not working. So those were the biggest things. So if you have any additional questions about what I covered or anything else regarding email marketing, go ahead and shoot. Appreciate the questions already. Now, yesterday I had a special webinar with uh, Scott Haynes for, it was a bonus for people that purchased the Shortcut Copywriting Secrets course from Scott and I, and uh, we had a special live critique bonus yesterday. So normally these are going to be Thursday, 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So. Make sure you add me to your circles on Google+, uh, share the um, Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. I really appreciate that. All right, any questions? These are going to be short and sweet, and my normal ones will be on Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, like I said, but I'm also going to do, um, you know, random surprise uh, shows where I'm just going to get on. If anybody's available, I'll post to my G Plus account, uh, to my breakthrough email marketing list. Make sure you get on that. Um, subscribe to my blog, uh, Facebook, and that'll all be below the show. So uh, stay tuned. Looks like there's no further questions today. Thanks for attending, and uh, I'll see you next time. This is Big Jason, and I'll talk to you soon. This is Big Jason. Thank you so much for listening to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. For more free information based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork, go to BreakthroughEmailMarketing.com. I'll see you next time.